opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, everyone, back to the Kentucky Council of Blind 49th Annual Conference and Convention. And and welcome to the James F. Shaw Captain's Banquet. Man, wasn't that a great meal? Let's uh, give a huge round of applause for all of our kitchen staff, Patty and crew in the back, and all of our volunteers that have absolutely went above and beyond the call of duty uh over these past few days <clears throat> all right so uh and at this uh time i would like to introduce bradley mann kcb life member to give us a rendition of the star spangled banner and if all could please stand if you're able to do so Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rockets red glowing, the bombs bursting in air. Through the nights that flag was still there, Excellent. Uh, next, I would like to introduce Samantha Hubbard. The our KCB Next Generation Treasurer, who's going to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic to which stand one nation under God, indivisible, in liberty and justice for all. All right. Uh, next to lead us in. Our invocation is Deanna Scoggins, the treasurer of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for freedom. We thank you for the freedom that you gave us when you sent your son. We thank you for the freedom that we have in this country because of all the people who've gone before us. We thank you for the freedom that ACB gives us to think and to vote and to act. We just pray that you would bless us as we go on about this evening and into the future. We pray that you would help us to know how richly you have blessed us. And Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for all of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And uh, lastly, to sing My Old Kentucky Home, Bradley Mann. If you'll please remain standing. The sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. To summer the people are gay. The corn tops ripe and the meadows in the bloom. While the birds make music all the day, the young folks roll on the little cabin floor, all merry, 
Times come on knocking at the door, then my own Kentucky home. Good night. No more, no more today. We will sing one song for my Kentucky for my old Kentucky home hey. All right, you may be seated. All right, so uh, before I introduce our guest speaker for this evening. I've been asked to give a, a few remarks, um, which I will try to be brief. So as we've discussed earlier, 2022 on the whole has been a good year for KCB. Of course, uh, last December 10th, we supported Western Kentucky from the tornado damage on December the, from the tornadoes on December the 10th. We've continued to provide financial assistance for our members to attend DC leadership, which was held virtually. And this past year, we again assisted our members to attend the National Conference of Convention, either in person or virtually. Um, unfortunately, you know, disaster struck our state again in late July with the floods in Eastern Kentucky, as we were discussing earlier. And, you know, we were able to come together to help our members and, and help the community. And now, uh, Tonight, thanks to the work of of our convention committee and our members and ACB Media, this is the first time that we've been able to hold a hybrid convention to not only reach the people that are here in the room, but those across the state that are not always able to travel to attend convention in person. And for that, I think it does deserve a big round of applause. And, uh, you know, our, our membership uh, in KCB and in ACB, uh, our members are the most important uh or a very important component of what we do. You know, we are a member-driven, member-led, member-supported organization. We we would be nothing if without our members, our members who contribute their time and their talent and their uh, uh, blood, sweat, and tears to attending meetings to organizing, to calling, to to Zoom hosting, to to really going, you know, giving of their time and their treasure to support this organization and all of our sister organizations within ACB. And, you know, if you've volunteered over the past year, if you've come to a meeting, contributed an idea, gave financially, if you've done one, some, or all of those things, I sincerely wish to thank you from the bottom of my heart because 
you know, we are here to, uh, I think anyway, that we're here to grow and to support each other. And we move forward better together than we do as individuals. So if you could, please give yourselves a round of applause. Uh, With that said, um, I do want to introduce our guest speaker for this evening. Uh, Our guest speaker comes to us from sunny Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm sure it's probably 70 degrees right now, unlike here where it's 30 degrees. (laughs) So Paul Edwards, I think, is almost a person that deserves no introduction, but they told me to do it anyway, so here I am. And, uh, you know, Paul has served as past president of ACB. He's been president of Florida Council of Blind. He's very involved and, you know, very connected with several affiliates, BRL, Lua. I'm sure there are lots of others that I'm, that I'm missing, but, you know, he's, I, I saw that he just got appointed to a state commission for the state of Florida. And I guess used to work for access services at Miami Dade college. Is that right? It is. Yes, sir. But above all of that, I hope that, uh, not to build you up here too much, Paul, <laughs> but uh, I hope that you know you'll you'll leave us with some wise wisdom from someone that has traveled many roads and been through been through many battles. So, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Edwards. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sonny. <laughs> it's so kind of you to introduce somebody who can talk a little bit. <laughs> So, thank you very much for that really nice introduction. Um, It's difficult to know exactly how to incorporate the cruise motif into what I want to say, but I've decided I figured out a way. I thought that I would begin by talking about some of the more interesting experiences that I've had cruising, Um, and I've done that a couple of times. The first time I cruised... um, I cruised on a ship that had no braille on it and and got to know just how much I missed it. When you're on a ship's elevator and you're trying to get to a particular floor, it is disconcerting when you get off and have to say, is this the, uh, the, the, the deck where you get food? People say, what's wrong with that guy? And um, it's also a little disconcerting when you're trying to find your cabin and there's no braille label, and the numbers aren't raised, so you can't read the print. So you sort of count doors and hope you get it right, uh, especially after eight margaritas. So cruising was interesting, and then the next cruise that I took, I made it because they had braille, but it was wrong. But it was it was wrong in the wrong way from my perspective. So I knew they had Braille, so I didn't look at my room, left my room, came back after my quotient of eight margaritas, went to the door that was marked with my cabin number, tried to put my key in, didn't work. And then somebody opened the door and said, what are you doing in my cabin? <laughs> And uh, I said, this is my cabin. And they said, the heck it is. <laughs> and proceeded to tell me that, in fact, the Braille number was wrong. And there wasn't a print number. So there it was. Uh, anyway, cruising is fun. I love it. It's, it's great. But there's other cruising that goes on. And I want to spend a little time talking about some of that. Some of the cruising that goes on happens through time. And the history of our country, in a sense, is a cruise. From our beginnings 
as a colony of another country where freedom didn't matter, where slavery happened. A country that was formed, though, out of a unique and exciting notion that all men are created equal. It was easy to say that in a constitution, but it's been very hard to live up to the notions that are involved in that statement as time has gone on. And one of the intriguing things about looking at the history of our country is to take a look at the way that blind people have been regarded and treated throughout the history of our country. In the 18th and 19th century, blind people were regarded as nothing but a disadvantage by most parents. They, for the most part, weren't given an opportunity for education and often were perceived as being incapable as well as visually impaired. When we finally began to see schools for the blind created in this country for a long time, they didn't teach the kinds of things that would enable blind people to be independent. Instead, they taught us to be dependent, and they taught us that the best thing we could do in order to be effective citizens of the United States is three things. Be quiet, do what you're told, and don't have babies. It's a scary time. Because as a population, those of us who were blind perceived ourselves and were perceived as essentially burdens for our families, for our communities, and objects of charity. We can help the blind because God knows we don't want to be there. In the 1940s, blind people were among the first populations to begin to develop and implement consumer organizations. Though the books don't say it, long before any other disability organization ever thought of talking about civil rights, people who were blind did. And it's important to recognize that the National Federation of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind have, ever since 1940, stood for making a difference in the way that blind people are perceived and in the way that we perceive ourselves. They say that history is supposed to move in an arc that leads to progress. I think that's true, but it takes an awfully long time, and it doesn't always get there. Twenty or thirty years ago, as many people will remember, there were still sheltered workshops where it was common to, play, to pay blind people next to nothing in exchange for their labor. In 1979, in Florida, a blind person walking by himself could be arrested as a vagrant. In 1985, we had to, well, let's go back a little further. In 1978, people with disabilities had to demonstrate before a law that was passed by Congress would be implemented. When the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed, only one of the two major organizations of blind people supported it. Hence, for a long time, folks who were blind got less than they should have out of the Americans with Disabilities Act because we simply weren't perceived as being a group that knew what it wanted and that valued what the Americans with Disabilities Act could provide. More important, though, 20 or 30 years ago, there were a lot of improvements that were made. Blind people were responsible for creating the vending program, for expanding it. Blind people were responsible for creating special circumstances for blind people with Social Security disability and with SSI. Blind people were responsible 
for creating tax incentives for folks who were blind. Blind folks were perhaps more importantly, the folks who created the notion that it's not okay to treat blind people as second-class citizens. It is absolutely crucial that we recognize that as our history has arced towards progress, one of the things that it has meant is that there were huge numbers of people in this country who are blind, who have spent time and pain and effort to make things better for everyone who's blind, regardless of whether they are members of a consumer organization. And I think it's crucial that we recognize and value the fact that just as civil rights leaders for other minorities are revered, we need to recognize that in our organization's history, there are huge numbers of people who have stood up, been counted, demonstrated, fought in order to make life for blind people what it's become today. And that's very important. And I would encourage you, if you would, to take one moment to applaud the heroes of our past who have created the kinds of advantages that we who are blind have today. Okay. So we're cruising along on the ship of state, and we've reached the year 2022. We have a future to look at. Is it a future that's bright for people who are blind? Has everything been accomplished for people who are blind? Do we have all of the rights that we need? Are we regarded as equal? I don't think so. I don't think so. So what needs to be done? Well, Braille is still probably being read by fewer blind people every year. Large print books have virtually disappeared. The internet is becoming less accessible, not more accessible. And every effort that we've made in the American Council of the Blind to suggest that it's time that blind people have equal access to the entity that's probably the most important assurance that employment will happen for blind people is rebuffed by the Congress, by the Department of State, by the Department of Justice, and essentially by every element of national, state, and local government. And regardless of what the Americans with Disabilities Act says, the truth is that we lack the kind of access to resources that we deserve as people who are blind. So what do we do about it? It is my opinion that we have lost touch with some of the basic tenets that our organization grew up with. Those basic tenets involve working together and involve demonstrating to the rest of the country that we are not like the political parties that are currently governing our country. We can work together and stand up for the things that we deserve and that we want and that we need. If the arc of history is to move towards progress, it will only do that if everybody works together as blind people to do three things. First, we absolutely and categorically need to recognize that people who are blind must be proud of who they are. And too often we're not. I think it's crucial that we say to each other every day, man, you're amazing. When you cross a street and don't get hit by a car, <laughs> when you go into a store and somebody refuses you help and you're polite, when, when you ask for assistance from government, and essentially they say no, when you try to get 
accessible pedestrian signals and they say we don't have the money when you're seeking to make paratransit work in a half decent fashion when you're aiming to try to get services in a senior center and they essentially say we don't know how to deal with blind people go somewhere else when all of these things are happening and we are still proud of who we are and still prepared to move towards equality by gently but clearly saying we won't take this anymore and you're going to make it better then we improve where we are the second of the three things that are, is crucial is we must develop and implement clear plans for the future not plans that last for two years or five but plans that look ahead a generation where is our country going to be in 30 years will we even have libraries anymore will we have education that's operating in the same way as it is now i don't know the answer to those questions but we need to explore them there are certainly arguments that can be made that suggest that it's going to be harder and not easier for blind people to find jobs 20 or 30 years from now what do we do about that how do we fix it what plans can we make we have an organization of blind people and if that organization does what it is supposed to do those are the questions it needs to explore because somehow we need to recognize that our country at the moment appears to be in in a situation where very little is getting done for anybody who truly needs help and until we change that and until we say to those who govern us this is not okay nothing's going to get better and the third and last thing that we need to do as an organization of blind people and as blind people is to recognize that the history we make is a history that involves and devolves on the notion that those of us who are blind have something immense to offer the country we live in and what that is is the diversity capacity and capability of a population that more than any other in this country has stood for what democracy represents what goodness represents what kindness represents and what effectiveness represents so in the future love yourselves love your organization and love our country thank you Paul thank you very much uh that was that was incredible next we will conclude our remaining chapter reports we'll recognize Jerry Slusher for the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind thank you uh Mr President and great speech uh, Mr Edwards uh want to tell you that uh we haven't had a very busy year but we are getting there. Uh, KCH I would like to uh thank KCB for their many uh, their wonderful generous donations to NKCB. Uh with those donations we have been able to help support the flood victims of Eastern Kentucky. We have been able to send a donation to St. Jude's Hospital and to the Shriners Hospital. Shriners Hospital and St. Jude's Hospital are two hospitals that will not turn anybody away. Anybody with children or anybody with special needs that these hospital support can go and not have to pay anything. Also, I would like to thank Joey Couch for his uh, help in updating our Facebook page we have 120 likes and uh Joey provides information to our NKCB Facebook page 
in the area of advocacy, we have uh, uh, we have uh, had several. One uh, commissioner had gotten in touch with our vice president Terry Meyer. Two audible signals were installed in Covington. All she had to do was call the Department of Transportation, and voila, two lights were installed. These help people with in wheelchairs in this area cross the street safer, and visually impaired people cross the street as well safer. Also, uh, we have had several advocacy calls, and in the area of our referral calls, we've had calls relating to a house accommodation, uh, I mean, housing assistance, I'm sorry, job accommodation, and uh, uh, I'm trying to think, there's one more area. Anyway, I'll get back to it if I think of it. And then also in the area of speakers, we've had two speakers. Uh, National Industries for the Blind came in to the Association for the Blind, um, made an adaptation for one of their workers. Dana Metcalf, who has limited use of his hands, and they were able to design a jammer. He's been able to jam handles on can openers and also on garlic presses. Without this accommodation, he was not able to do any of that. And um, also, we are going to have a Christmas party this year in December. This is our first dine-out since covid we are excited about that. It will be at Anchored Reel. And in closing, I would like to invite everybody to attend our meetings. They are held on the second Wednesday of each month. And the phone number is 605-475-4700. Passcode is 155619. All are welcome. We have people from Cincinnati. We serve Kenton, Campbell, and Boone. And uh, I believe that's my report, Mr. President. Thank you, Jerry. And uh, as someone that's attended a few of those calls, I will say that uh, Northern Kentucky, they, they're small and mighty. Do we have any updates for the Eastern Kentucky Christian Council? Well, Mr. President, um, in the early part of the year, um, I had the, um, I had, I was able to, <clears throat> to um, talk with them um, and um, kind of find out about some of their meetings. They started meeting uh, this year. Uh, Frank Campbell, who is their board representative, um, was able to get uh, the couple of meetings. They had, I think, three meetings organized, and they were meeting. Um, trying to meet each month, and they did hold uh, meetings and were were doing fairly well until the flood came along. Um, since then, they've just not been able to to um, to meet. Uh, but in the early part of the year, the first half of the year, they did get a few a uh, couple of new members. Um, they held their uh, couple of meetings. They were in person in Jackson at the Breathitt County Library, and uh, they were they were doing pretty well. Um, when the flood came, uh, some of them had some um, damage from the flood, um, and Frank himself wound up being airlifted. Um, he he went to Hazard by helicopter um, because uh, that you know all the. Uh, all their electricity was out. Their phones were out. I mean, they had, it, it was, it was like to being totally isolated and, and they haven't been able to my knowledge. They have not been able to meet since, but, uh, I, you know, I think they have some resilience and, um, I think that, you know, once that area can get back up and moving, um, most of them were in the hazard, um, Jackson area and that was pretty tough. It was, you know, hit by the, Hit by the flood, but I think I think they'll get back together. So um, look for good things from them. All right, thank you, ma'am. And uh, 
I mean, I know the assistance that we've been able to provide has been has been extremely helpful. So, all right. Um, so if uh, you have not uh, contributed or you know others that may wish to contribute, you know, we'll be happy to accept those donations and you know, certainly continue to to help folks in that area and, you know, our members in that area, uh, you know, where need be. So, all right. Uh, so next, it is my pleasure to introduce uh, Joey Couch, the chair of the KCB Awards Committee that will be awarding the William A. Ruth and James Carl Dotson Awards. We're here to present a um, couple of awards, as anybody very well knows. Um, the first person who are, who we're going to represent to is a um, person who is around quite often, does quite a few things and even stuff that people probably don't even realize. But before we, uh, but before we bring them up, I'm going to have Patty read what the award is and what the criteria and so on is. So here we go. The William A. Ruth Award is named for KCB's founder and first president. <clears throat> Hailing from Middlesboro, William Ruth was an alumnus of the Kentucky School for the Blind, and he was known for his flowery speech and writing. He referred to himself as the old Appalachian Highlander, and he was a true champion of blind people. The worthy recipient of this award has given outstanding long-term service to the Kentucky Council of the Blind. And uh, with that being said, I would like to uh, ask that uh, Samantha Hubbard make her way on up, if you could, please. And Chastity is going to read what's on it. So, The William A. Routh Award presented to Samantha Michelle Hubbard for positive, enthusiastic involvement with Kentucky Council of the Blind, events, mailings, email lists, and chapter activities. Kentucky Council of the Blind, 49th Annual Conference and Convention, Saturday, November 19th, 2022. Well, um, thank you very much, but I am in complete shock. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, um, I didn't know this was this was happening, but I'm in complete shock still. Um, speechless. I didn't really prepare for anything. So thank you for everyone that was on the award committee for choosing me. All right. So this is the James Carl Dotson Award. And this award is named for James Carl Dotson, who's my grandfather. Um, it was established in recognition of his service to the blind and his generous support of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Carl was never president of KCB, but he worked tirelessly for the council. He was a 1943 graduate of, Kentucky, of the Kentucky School for the Blind. He served as scoutmaster at KSB actively supported KSB alumni and served his community as a Shriner and master of his Masonic Lodge. The James Carl Dodson Award is presented to an individual or organization who has given longstanding service to blind and visually impaired Kentuckians. So tonight, um, we are going to present this award to someone who we met in 2008 at our convention. Um, she worked many hours. Didn't know that she was going to work that many. And she has not only served ACB, KCB, but she's also a member of the Daughters of the American Revolution. And um, she serves her church. Every week, she's faithfully cleaning her church, and we are presenting this award to Debbie Persons. James Carl Dotson Award presented to Deborah Persons for outstanding volunteer service to the Kentucky Council of the Blind in its chapters 
the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, her church, the Daughters of the American Revolution, and the community into the community at large. Kentucky Council of the Blind, 49th Annual Conference and Convention, Saturday, November 19th, 2022. I was not expecting this, and thank you very much. Well-deserved awards, to say the least. And I uh, would like, before I hand this over, I would like to take the opportunity to thank my awards uh, committee for this year, uh, Patty Cox, Bill Wright, and um, Eldon Kaiser for being on the committee and helping with the uh, uh, choosing and uh, work that they've done. So, all right, everyone, enjoy the rest of the convention. And I'm going to take the mic because I want to thank Chastity Starkey, David Cox, Kirsty Dunn, um, Samantha Hubbard, Denise, I don't know your last name, Debbie Persons, and all the volunteers who has helped this weekend. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Joey. Thank you to the committee. And yes, thank you, all of our, all of our volunteers. <clears throat> um, you know, every year we, we get together to plan convention and, uh, Every year, I feel like I say, man, how are we going to put all this together in X amount of time? But somehow, some way, by the grace of God, it gets done. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm always amazed. So uh, next, we will hear from Terry Turlow, the chair of our KCB Technology Grant Tech Grant and Scholarship Committee uh, to discuss that award that was made earlier this year. Terry? Thank you. Um, as we said earlier during the business meeting, our tech grant will pay for up to three-fourths of the cost of subscriptions or technology that will help our members um, lead more full lives and this year we were really delighted to be able to present these the technology award to bill wright who uh was able because of this award to get a new uh victor reader stream uh his old victor had worn itself out with all the work and use he gave to it and um, we were delighted to be able to help. Um, so I think Bill might like to say a couple of words. Um, yes, um, I would like to thank the Kentucky uh, Council of the Blind and the uh, technology uh, grant uh, for uh, uh, helping me uh, purchase a new uh, vector uh, screen. Um, my my old one um, died. Uh, what what died? It just shut itself off, but not come back on. And uh, but um, anyone who who is needing some new technology and needing help, uh, I recommend you uh, get in touch with Toy. And uh, she helped me um, um, do the application, um, and uh, I, you know, you you need to know what what you want to purchase. You need to know why you want to use it, and you um, you know you that's the two big things you you you, you need to know. And uh, it was easy. Uh, there was an application, and then there was an interview. And again, I would like to thank uh, the technology committee for helping me purchase a uh, vector screen. Thank you. All right. Uh, next, we'll go back to Terry for a brief convention committee report. Well, we're here. So, thank yeah. you. Um, and before, quite before we leave the tech grant, it was such a delight to work with Bill. And it's such a wonderful privilege to realize that what we do here in KCB and of course what ACB does makes can make a real difference 
in someone's life. And that's what we do all the time. We also have the scholarship as well as the tech grant, and we hope that people will look into this and apply. Um, I'm going to give a very brief convention report, and I will put her on the spot, but perhaps Ms. Carla Rushville can join in with a few of the registration stats. These might not be fully complete, but there'll be kind of some rough guesstimates. Our convention committee has worked on putting together this convention since late July, and we thought about it a long time before that. I want to thank all the convention committee members who put out a lot of blood, sweat, tears, discussion, discussion and discussion, and consensus and all sorts of good stuff to make this convention our first and I think successful hybrid convention. Our committee members were Carla Rushevel, Adam Rushevel, Amanda Selm, Matt Selm, uh, all of these from Louisville, Cheryl Lott from uh, Owensboro, Eldon Kaiser, who and somebody help me. Where is Eldon from? I should know. Cave, Cave City. City. Cave City. How could I forget? Yes. Bill Wright, Debbie Dethridge, and of course myself as the chair. If I have forgotten and anyone. Natalie. Oh, oh my God. Natalie Couch, who has done such marvelous hosting and deserves a month of R&R in response. And of course, our very own Patty Cox, um, who has done such marvelous planning for our meals and who is responsible for each of us going home five pounds heavier than we were when we arrived. And I wish to thank everybody on our committee for working so hard and um, everybody for coming. Uh, Carla, do we have any general idea of how many people registered roughly? There are different ways to count how many people came to the convention, uh, excluding counting the guide dogs, the Tark 3 drivers, and the Uber drivers. <laughs> Sometimes some people like to count. Um, okay, so I asked Bill and Kendall this question earlier tonight. I'm going to ask you all, and I want you to think about it when you ask me this question year after year. And I sort of give you the same answer, but I'm going to give it. I'm going to let you make the choice, and uh, some I can I can't I can't give you a total exactly, but I can tell you. Obviously, I can tell you um, how many people uh, bought two day passes, but I can't tell you how many of those people came. <laughs> okay, not right now. I can tell you that when I get done counting. I can tell you how many people bought banquet tickets only. I can tell you how many people bought Friday or Saturday one-day tickets only. Um, I can tell you how many people bought virtual registrations. But is that where it stops? There is crossover between those people who paid or are, uh, or, or are paying the registration fees, but who also paid um, exhibit fees. There is crossover between uh, people who uh, who participated as presenters, whether they were um, invited to give a report or whatever. Um, there also is crossover uh, between, uh, and how do you count, the people who are volunteers. There are people who have spent more time with us volunteering than have some of the people who registered. Now, would you not count those people? What do you think? Okay. Um, so when you ask the question, your question probably should be, how many people have attended? And for those people out there listening on ACB Media, uh, who, you know, you have your own conventions, some of them are that would be listening might not be people who are from Kentucky. But I think these are questions that we should strongly, you know, these are serious questions, is how do you determine how many people have attended your convention? And I can tell you that a number of years ago, um, 
one of the former ACB presidents, who was not Paul Edwards, <laughs> he was not the guy that was guilty. <laughs> um, but somebody asked that question on the floor of the convention, and that person gave a number, which was probably about half of the number of people who had actually attended. And I was not convention coordinator that year, but I had been convention coordinator for a number of years. And I'm sitting there just appalled at the answer because it did not reflect our convention. So think of if your question is how many registered, that is a hard and fast number. But instead, I would suggest that you ask how many people have attended and participated in our convention? How many lives have we touched and how many um, people have touched our lives? So, and that I can't tell you. What I can tell you is that three years ago, we had about 80 people at this banquet. Obviously, we don't have 80 people sitting in this room tonight, but 80, um, three years ago, we didn't have anybody participating in any other way except um, except being in this room. And uh, while we probably wouldn't make that 80 figure, um, even counting everybody, if we could, we really can't because we can't count how many unique connections there are on ACB media or how many connections there that were unique were on the radio storm, which was a major, um, a major part of this convention. Um, but I can tell you that I was, there are a number of you knew that I was pretty down about the numbers as we went through this registration. And I thought, oh my goodness, that, you know, it's just, it's so different coming out of COVID. And it is different. But when it's all said and done, you know, we're still going to have just registrations. We're going to be at about 75. And I think that's pretty darn good after being gone for three, you know, three years. Now, if we add in the attendees, um, we will be up. I, I haven't counted them yet. You can believe I, I will. I'll have my list pretty soon. Um, I mean, I'll go through the program and I'll write the list down. And whether those people came and talked to us in person or they talked to us on uh, Zoom, um, no matter how they participated, I will do my best to create uh, some numbers. And I do think that those total numbers, even though they're very different from how those total numbers were achieved three years ago, I think the numbers will be pretty comparable in the end. So that's the best I can do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carla. That really says it all. All right. And uh, we're going to go back to Carla to recognize our sponsors who who make this convention happen. All right. As you know, the convention sponsors are um, a way that people can show their support for KCB. Um, the sponsorship program is, of course, support for the convention. Um, all sponsors uh, will be not only, uh, they're not only recognized here at the convention, but they are um, recognized uh, in other ways as well. People who attended these convention, this convention who registered um, have a ribbon on their badges. Um, the color of the ribbon indicates the level of the sponsorship. Um, we will be printing a list of our sponsors in our newsletter, and we'll be posting it on our website. Um, we always name our sponsors after our theme. This year, the, it was a cruise ship. So here are our sponsors. 
Um, and this is pretty much the list we had last night, but I did leave one out last night and I apologize. Um, Matt made sure that, uh, and told me, which I always ask people to do. If one gets left out, you better come and tell me because otherwise it's going to get, continue to get left out. So, um, we will get next gen in there tonight. So we have, um, the passenger sponsors, which were the $15 sponsors. And if you have a badge, it was the green sponsor ribbon. Uh, those sponsors are Susan Card, David Cox, Patty Cox, Debbie Dethridge, Joel Gaspard, Samantha Hubbard, Trina Muncie, Kendall Perry, Mary Riley, Susan Robertson, Zora Schultz, Chastity Starkey, Kathy Signier, and Bill Wright. And we thank them very much. The steward sponsors, the steward sponsors, $25 sponsors, that is the um, white ribbon on the badges. Susan Ament, Debbie Green, Joe Kuswara, share a lot. Debbie Persons, Chuck Runyon, Amanda Salm, Matt Salm, Jerry Slusher, Elaine Weisbard, uh, Dave Wildy, Essentially Braille, and One Stowaway. That was an anonymous sponsor. And I think a stowaway is a really good anonymous sponsor on any cruise. <laughs> okay, the chef sponsor, $50 sponsors. Got to have those chefs. So here's our chefs. We've certainly eaten enough this weekend. Um, Betty and Rick Boggess, Natalie and Joey Couch, uh, Eldon Kaiser, Adam Rushevel, Carla Rushevel, Deanna Scoggins, Alan Triptinko, Pony Ride Band, Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, Savvy, Tri-State Library Users, and yeah, and that's it. That's the that's the chefs. The lounge host sponsors, hundred dollars. Ronald Bird, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana, Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, and KCB Next Generation. The Navigator sponsor was $200, and that was the Louisville East Lions Club. Cruise Director, $300, was the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. First Mate sponsor, $1,000, was the Lula Dotson Legacy. And the Captain Sponsor, $1,500 was the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. And thanks to all of our sponsors. I do, um, I'm supposed to ask for the kitchen to let you know that um, to-go plates are available. And if you would like to have one, um, please see. Patty, are you out here to count hands? Um, they will. They are available. And... Um, Let's just have you raise your hands if you would like to um, to have one to go home. Let me, while they're doing that too, I want to tell you that um, I am prepared to write the um, the stipend checks from the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. So um, we're going to work, we will be working on that um, here, and Debbie's going to help me get those checks prepared for the stipends. All right. Do we have any door prizes remaining? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Do we have door prizes? All right. Um, here we go for door prizes. Unless y'all aren't interested in door prizes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, remember that everybody who registered is eligible for door prizes. You do not have to be here to win. Um, okay. So... The first door prize is $25 from the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind. The winner is Edna Campbell. Okay, our next prize, we have an emergency essentials backpack. It's red with black trim. It's 15 by 11 by 5 inches. And it's from BePrepared.com. And that winner is Melanie Pesco. All right. Next is a $30 ACB Mini Mall gift certificate donated by Pat Tusing and the Literacy Project. 
She's from Indianapolis, Indiana. And the winner of that, oh, is uh, very sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have um, two more of the uh, Kentucky um, 2012 ACB shirts. And one of those winners is Trina Muncy. All right, Trina. And the other winner is Paul Edwards. <laughs> That's right. He needs something to wear in the hot weather of Florida this time of year. <laughs> and we have one more. Um, you can either have a three you know, a, an SD card or a flash drive, 32 gigabyte, your choice. And we're going to give away one more of those. And that winner is Deb Lewis. All right. Okay, we have um, $10 door prizes from Guide Dog Users of Kentucky, Anna. Valerie Ryder. Uh, Elaine Weisbard. And Emma Bachelor. And we have one more from GDUKI. We have a $15 uh, prize from GDUKI, and that's Joey Couch. All right, Joey. This is a good kind. We have $20 cash donated by Mr. Bill Wright, and that goes to Crystal Runyon. And we have one more $10 prize. From Terry Turlow, uh, Tiffany Milburn. Tiffany, All right, Tiffany. It's a virtual registration, but Tiffany is in um, Bloom, what is that? Bloomfield. Bloomfield, Kentucky. See, it always pays to register for convention. That's right, it does. <laughs> we have um, we have a couple more that we're going to give tonight. We have a power cube. Um, this is um, it's kind of like a power strip, except it's a cube. It plugs into the wall, and then you can plug five other five devices into the sides of the power strip, and it's in a cube shape. It's donated by Mary Riley. Yeah, it is. And the winner is Susan Robertson. <laughs> All right. Susan's in Owen Owensboro. Okay, and then we're gonna, we're going to give away two more items tonight. One is um, a silicone, there a set of three little silicone colanders. Um, they, they're called micro colanders or a sifter. It's spelled S-I-F-T-R. It's for straining food and they're three different sizes. So you've got one that can, um, three, um, different sizes. It's got one that's very small little holes in the cylinder, one that's medium, and one that's um, bigger. And uh, that winner is, <laughs> I can see him using this, is David Cox. <laughs> He'll get a lot of use out of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and let's see. We have a programmable lamp and appliance timer. Uh, oh, and those those um, the little colanders were donated by Mary Riley, and another uh, prize donated by Mary was um, a programmable lamp and appliance timer. Uh, it has an on off multiple on on off settings, and uh, the winner the winner of that is me, Carla Rushable. I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna let it draw. I'm gonna draw it again because. Um, it does require some vision to set it. So, uh, okay. So Debbie Deathridge is going to win that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then our last item that we're going to give tonight is a, the new fifth generation dot. And that is donated by me. And the winner is Sue Ellen Milo. All right. She will. 
All right. Thank you. Well, with that, again, thank you to the convention committee. Thank you to all of our volunteers. Thank you to ACB Media. <laughs> thank you to uh, everyone that helped make this convention a rousing success. Did everybody have a good time? All right. And to everyone who came, because if, if all the planning wouldn't have wouldn't have been any good if y'all hadn't come. <laughs> That's right. Yep. That's right. Everyone who so came. So everybody is important. I think Mr. President did a really good job. So, uh, job Matt. Thank you to everyone. And if anyone, indeed, uh, to if anyone has any feedback for convention, please feel free to reach out and provide that, and we'll take that into account. Um, uh, again, uh, just you know, since Natalie is departing from us as secretary, thank you, Natalie, for your years of writing copious notes. And uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, this concludes our 2022 convention. All right. And for the last time, thank you to all of our... Hey, buddy, we got one more prize. Debbie reminded me. Oh. Right. oh. Melanie came... And this afternoon, and uh, with her Sensi items, she has donated um, a Sensi prize, and uh, so I'm going to draw another. Oh, I'm already stuck to Megan. It can just go to me, Carla. Oh, it can. <laughs> okay, now if I draw a name that has already been drawn, it's going to go back because we're not doubling up on people. Let me. So, and I'd already tossed those things in here. Uh, okay. I don't think she's won a prize. Uh, Angie McCarty. All right. <laughs> All right. So Angie wins the Cincy Prize. Sorry about that. All right. So thank you to everyone on Zoom. Thank you, Nikki, for streaming. And um, thank you, Cecily, for um, all of your help this weekend. And um, so for the last time, have a great night, everyone. <laughs>